Welcome to Ride Ever Stride, Episode 8. Welcome to Ride Every Stride with Van Hargis. This is a podcast about horsemanship and more. Our goal is to educate, motivate, inspire, and entertain you through an exploration of everything horsemanship and the intersection of horsemanship and humanship. My name is Laura McClellan, and I'm your co-host on Ride Every Stride, and I am here today with Master Horseman Van Hargis, who's going to talk to us about the four important questions that what? (laughs) <laughs> the four important questions of horsemanship in okay. general, Laura, yeah. You know, and it's funny. Well, first of all, thank you so much. But, you know, I'm always amazed with people who, who ride a lot and they're they're in the process of working with and maybe even training their own horse. And they ask me all the time, she says, well, how do I get the horse to do this or how do I get the horse to do that? And and I'm dumbfounded when I see the look on their face when I say, well, what do you want? And then they just pause for a moment. They look at me like, well, I, 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 I don't know. Well, seriously, think about that. Before you ask your horse to do anything, you've got to think very clearly about what it is that you want. So when I began to realize how dumbfounded they were when they heard that question, I began to think of three other questions that popped into mind. So the four questions we're going to talk about today, we're going to go into each one of them in great detail. But the first is just that. The first one is, what do you want? And what I mean by that is, is that what do you want the horse to do? What do you want to achieve with your horse? And then the second one, is what you want fair? And what I mean by that is, it, is, can your horse do it? Is it fair for you to ask this of the horse? Is it within his capabilities? The third question is, and maybe probably one of the toughest ones, and one of, certainly one of the most important is, how do you communicate what it is that you want your horse to do to the horse in a way that it can understand? So how do you ask that question in a way that your horse understands what it is that you're asking of it? And then lastly, we want to be able to measure it. So it's like, how did that measure? How did that work out for me? How did it work out for the horse? Because if we can ask those four questions and we can come up with an answer, then it suddenly makes the process of what we're trying to achieve with our horse much easier. And is this something that you think about or these questions that you think about in your process when you're working with a horse? Well, absolutely. But, you know, I, the thing is now I've done this for so long. I mean, God, I hate to admit, but I've been really training horses for the public since I was 12 years old. And in that process, I've just come up with the idea that I'm thinking about these things always. I'm asking my horse to do something. In other words, I know what I want. So I want my horse to say, do nothing more than just go forward and go forward to the left, go forward to the left at a trot. In other words, I start to get try to try to get very specific with what it is that I want the horse to achieve. And then I ask, well, can this horse go forward? Can he go forward to the left? Can he go forward to the left at a trot? And depending on where your horse is in its training, that may be very easy for the horse to achieve, or it may be very difficult for the horse to achieve. For example, let's say it's the horse's very first ride, and I'm on his back for the very first time. Would it be fair for me to ask him to go forward at a trot? Maybe not yet. It might be okay in a little while, but don't you think we might ought to start with a walk before we run? So would it be fair for me to ask that question? Probably not, because the likelihood of that being successful for the horse's perspective, might not be quite so good. So what I want to maybe back that up, simplify it. So I'm going to reevaluate what it is that I want. What do I want? I want the horse to go forward. I want him to go forward at a walk. Now, can the horse do that? Yeah, I think that's a reasonable request. Okay, how am I going to communicate it to him? How am I going to get him to start moving those feet forward? If it's first ride, there's not a whole lot of language that this horse does understand. So I've got to try to think of something in a way that this horse can understand. And hopefully it might be a language of universal horsemanship communication. 
In other words, if I I could do like on the movies and just kick him in the belly and say, giddy up. But I don't know how many horses truly watch movies and understand that that's what they're <laughs> supposed to do when they hear that word. But but nonetheless, I want to come up with something that's going to be somewhat universal and easy for the horse to pick up on. And then I've got to ask myself, well, how was that first step? Did he do it? Did he do it upon request? Did it take a little while? How am I going to measure that? Because the reason the measurement is so important it tells us whether or not we need to refine our communication, whether we need to be more deliberate. Maybe we need to be more exact about what it is that we're asking for. Maybe we need to ask maybe a little bit less deliberately. In other words, we can turn up the volume or turn down the volume depending on what the horse's response is. So we're always measuring what we do. And the goal always is is to, to ask for perfection. And then, of course, we just make those adjustments along the way. So in answer to your question, is that something that I think about? Yes, not so much on a conscientious level nowadays, but when I was younger as a, as a horseman, those were four questions that maybe at the time I didn't realize that I was thinking about those, but it's four questions that I most definitely think about. And whenever I'm trying to help my students, by, uh, by all means, it's something that I think about as well as it's something that I try to get my students to think about. I mean, that's something I've heard you talk about before, and so it's something that I think about in a lot of contexts, but certainly with respect to doing things with my horses, for me, where I fall down is on the third question, that I may know what I want my horse to do, and I may know I want him to go forward at a walk. I know he can do it because I've seen him do it in the pasture when I wasn't on his back, but I may not have the skill or may not really know how to communicate to him what I want him to do right. in a way that he can understand. Sure. And that's okay. And that's what guys like me are for, to help folks help understand what is that quote-unquote universal language of horsemanship, excuse me, and how do we get the horses to to understand that. And the most important thing about the taking the burden off of the rider in this case is try to think very simply. And and what I mean by that is, is that try not to overdo it. Try not to look at the movies and kick at the horse and do those things that you see there, but think on a much more simple level. For example, most folks that have spent any time at all in the saddle, they do know that to get a horse to go, a lot of times I'll ask people, well, if, all right, if this horse is standing still and you want him to go forward, what are you going to do? Well, I'm going to kick him in the belly. Well, okay, that's a starting spot. But I try to get them to think about it even simpler than that. And what I mean by that is just think about going forward first. Hmm. And as you think about it, your body's already beginning to respond and react. And let's say you're thinking about going forward and your body posture is changing. And then the process of changing your horse begins to walk forward. Is there any reason to communicate any differently now? Absolutely not. Your horse is already giving you what you're asking for. But we have to start somewhere. And I just try to get people to think in the in the simplest form possible. In other words, take whatever it is that you're asking for the horse to do and reduce it to its absolute smallest form. And, you know, and, and to help people understand the horsemanship even more and the process of training. And let me reiterate that whenever we're working with horses, we're always training them. Mm-hmm. We're either training them what to do or we're training them what not to do. And sadly, for those of us who don't think that we are, that we're just out there just to have fun, horses don't look at it that way. If there's interaction going on between horse and human, somebody's learning something. We can be learning from the horse, but at the same time, we're actually training that horse during that process. So to simplify the process, I'm going to share a story with you. Um, one of my teachers when I was in high school was uh, one of my math teachers, and her name was Ruth Ann Coffey. Loved her to death. But Miss Coffey's way of teaching was to put math problems on the board and call us to the front of the classroom to help us to learn by experience on the board. The problem was is that when I had transferred from a little small town to Commerce where I went to high school, I wasn't very prepared in algebra. And I'm in this algebra class with Miss Coffee being my teacher, 
and a few weeks had gone by, and I'd yet to be called to the front of the room to work a problem on the board. But that dreaded day came, and one day she called out my name. Mr. Van, could you come to the front of the room, please? And very reluctantly, I walked up there, and here's on the blackboard this big, long algebra problem. And I just froze. Not only did I not know how to do the problem, but I was also fearful because I was a new student in school, and I could feel all of these eyes from my classmates staring me in the back of the head. And now I just locked up. I could literally feel my knees shaking. And even worse, I could hear Miss Coffey leaning back in her chair. And as she leaned back in her chair, it made this little squeak and sound. like squeak. And then I look over and I see her putting her hands up on her belly over the tummy in that chair. And she looks at me and she goes, Mr. Van, can you add? And now I'm thinking she's going to add insult to injury, right? I'm already nervous and afraid. And here it sounds like something condescending is coming out of her mouth. She's asking me if, if I can add. And I, I was afraid, but yet I just asked her, answer her question. So, well, yes, ma'am, I, I can add. And can you subtract? Well, yes, ma'am, I can subtract. And you can multiply and divide. Yes, ma'am. Well, young man, if you can add, subtract, multiply, and divide, then you can do algebra. My job is to teach you how and when to do those things. And from that moment on, my whole attitude toward Miss Coffee, as well as my attitude toward algebra, become very different. Because I came to look at every problem from that day forward, even to this day, I don't look at the problem. I look at the components of the problem. Mm. I concentrate on the things that I can do. And as a result, I transfer that knowledge to my horses. That if I want my horse to go forward, he may not necessarily understand how to go forward. But if I understand that I just move his feet in different directions, sooner or later, I just might stumble across that forward movement. At the moment that I do, if I truly understand how horses learn, and that's through the release of pressure, then once I stumble across getting that horse's foot to go forward, I just relax for a moment and relieve him of that pressure. Horses are smart enough to put that little piece of that puzzle together. And then I ask again, perhaps a different direction, but I get that foot to move forward and maybe forward to the right this time. And then I relieve the horse of the pressure. Then we ask again back to the left. Before you know it, I've got left foot going forward, right foot going forward, left, right, left, right. Before you know it, I've got my horse going forward. And as a result, the horse and I both make those steps very calmly, very safely, and very uneventfully. And we both gain confidence in each other, just like that day in Ruth Ann Coffey's class, where she had the opportunity to reprimand me or scold me or embarrass me, but instead she took me step by step until eventually not only did I gain confidence in my ability to do algebra, but I also gained confidence in my teacher to help me through those problems and those hesitations. So that's what I want folks to think about when we're working with our horses. Even though you might not necessarily fully understand the language, break it down to a point to where there's something that you do understand. Communicate that. Give your horse an opportunity to understand it. And then you've gotten beyond that third question, how you communicate what it is that you want to your horse. And then you're at the step number four, which is, how did that measure? And only you can answer that question. And you know, and you've taken lessons from me before, Laura, and you've heard me say several times, that was perfect. <laughs> and I remember one day you scolded me and says, I know that's not perfect. I know I could do better. I'm not the best rider out there. So I wish you'd quit using that word. That's not perfect. And my response was what? Do you remember? It was perfect for now. Exactly. Yeah. But tomorrow we raise the ball. <laughs> yeah. You see, but it's perfect for now. You did the best you knew how to do for now. And whatever that achievement was, was perfect for now. But tomorrow we're going to raise the bar. We're going to change those expectations. And that's what horsemanship is all about. Whenever we think we've got one thing achieved, we simply just raise the bar for both ourselves as well as our horses. And that bar could be anything. It could be a bar for refinement of communication, or it could be to achieve a tougher task. 
But we're constantly trying to raise that bar to the point to where we are the ultimate horseman that we always achieved, that we always wanted to be. And so that fourth question, as far as measurement, maybe it sort of ties back to the first question because it's comparing what you got. Well, see, that last one changes the first one, doesn't it? So now what do you want? You started, yeah. So you started with what do you want, all right, and you get to number four, and really it's how did what you got measure up to what you had in mind that you wanted, and then you come up with a new, what do you want now? Yes. And you know, it's so funny, Laura, because those things go through my mind literally so fast now I don't even think about it, because now that I've got that, I want something different. Or even in the process of achieving what you want, maybe the start of what it was wasn't exactly what you wanted. So now you're diverted to say, well, now what I want, I want to adjust adjust that step. Maybe that step was too far to the left. Maybe that step wasn't far enough to the left, whatever the case may be. So we actually make that adjustment. So now what do you want? I want that refined. And you just keep going through those questions. And then ultimately, like you said, you get to the last one and you're asking yourself, oh man, that was great. But now what do I want? Well, now you just you started it all over again. So it's an ongoing, continual process from literally the moment you walk into the arena to catch your horse to the minute you get through the process of the ride all the way until the time you let the darn thing go at the end of the day. So it's just a constant rehash of those four questions. It's what do you want? And is what you want fair? In other words, is it within the capabilities of the horse? How do you communicate what it is that you want to the horse in a way that it can understand? And then how do you measure it? And it's just an ongoing process. And Interestingly, those four questions can apply in a lot of areas other than working with your horses. You know, it's funny because I was asked that question a thousand times when I was a teenager. You know, when when people started to think about me going to college, they would ask me, hey, man, what do you want to do? And I was just dumbfounded. I I don't know. You know, but at the same time, you know, maybe I was a little cocky in the response, but I just want to graduate. (laughs) You know, let's one step at a time, people. Let's get out of school. And then we'll pick what college we're going to go to and then so on and so forth. But that's okay too, though, isn't it? Because it's okay to dream big. In other words, it's okay to know where we really want to go. You know, maybe we want to ride one day for the Olympic team. But what do you want right now? Let's break that down. And, and the other thing is, well, how are you going to get there? And that's where I think those four questions come in is that what do you want now? Let's get really specific. What do you want right now? And then if you keep going through that process and you keep raising that bar, then before long, you're two days away from going to the Olympics. And now I can ask, what do you want? And he said, I want to get to the Olympics. Okay. And maybe that question might even turn around. What do you want now? I want to win the I gold. Want to win. That's right. So it's, it's, you're right. It's very applicable to not just our horsemanship. It's applicable to our everyday life. But you know, you've heard me say this several times. Horsemanship is an opportunity to practice humanship every day. The one thing that I truly love about the horses is that they are a direct reflection of everything that I do and everything that I try to communicate. If the horse is doing something I don't like, I have to truly understand that the horse is only doing what he thinks is right. And the horse is always right Mm. because he's either doing what comes natural to him or he's doing what he thinks we want him to do. Either way, that puts the burden back on me, doesn't it? Mm. That if he's doing what I don't want him to do, it's up to me to communicate more clearly about what it is that I want him to do. And then at that point, maybe ask myself again, well, maybe was I asking something that was fair? Did I not communicate it properly? Maybe there's nothing there to measure because it flunked out so darn bad that I have to go back and reevaluate what it is that I want. Here we go again, right? Yeah. So it's just that it literally is. It's just an ongoing process. It's constantly being made adjusted to. But whenever we find, and I don't even like to use the word failure, but whenever we have say excessive difficulties in doing something, 
<laughs> then that's a diplomatic. Way that's a to diplomatic say it. way to put it, isn't it? I hate the word failure, but whenever we have those difficulties, all that tells us is maybe we just need to go back and reevaluate what it is that we want and those capabilities of the horse and how we communicate it. Well, what do you do when you're when you're working with a student or talking with somebody and and there you ask them that question? What you know? What is it you want? What do you want? And they give you something like, "I just want to be able to go on a trail ride with my horse." Sure, that's a want, but how do you act on that? That's out there somewhere. Well, I just encourage them to break that down. You know, before you go on a trail ride, wouldn't it be nice to get the horse to walk? Or otherwise, you're going to be the only one on a trail yeah. ride with your horse is standing still and everybody else is leaving you. Yeah. You know, so we've or got wouldn't to... you like to be able to get on your horse? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Today, you know, you... right now. You know, lady, you can't even get your horse in the trailer. What's your... <laughs> Where are you gonna... How are you going to get to the trail ride? So, exactly. But that's that's what we do is we just get them to keep backing up the process and and again, that's always an evaluation of our horsemanship. I mean, I've yet to see a perfect horse, and I've also yet to see a perfect human. Mm-hmm. You know, so we have to always realize that even though that's something that that we can strive for, we know that we're never going to achieve it. But there's always something there that we can work on and improve on, both on a personal level as well as on a level with our horses and our horsemanship. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking in terms of as a mother, that really could apply to dealing with my children. Oh, absolutely. You know, what do I want? Is what I want from them fair? Can I communicate what I want in a way that they can understand? And then how am I going to know if, if they got it? Yeah. So, well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because I've, I've been very blessed with two beautiful daughters and both of my kids have always been really good, very easy kids to raise. And, you know, and you as well as I do, whenever you have someone compliment your children mm-hmm. to you, you just think, yeah, you know, it must, I don't know what I did, but I must have done I, something I did good. Right. So people always ask, you know, well, how did your girls turn out to be so good? You know, and I'm like, I don't know. The only experience I've ever had is training horses. Yeah. But it's weird because I, a lot of times I do, I look back and I think, you know, I train the girls the same way I train the horses. You know, and you've heard this cliche too. You've heard it from me and you've heard it from countless other trainers, but make the right thing easy and the wrong thing difficult. But you're still going through that same process. What do I want? I want the darn kid to get dressed and go to school. Mm-hmm. So what do I do? I go in there, and in the beginning, if I want the, if that's what I want, the kid to get dressed, I'm going to go make that getting dressed pretty simple. But I also want to empower my children, don't I? I want to empower my horses as well. So I'm going to give my children choices. And the choice, I lay out their clothes. These are the clothes that are acceptable for today. And they can pick, but here are their choices. That also makes it life easier, a lot easier for them. Because if there's a whole drawer full of clothes, look how difficult it is for a, a very young child to pick through all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So maybe a parental thing would do is narrow down their choices. Maybe a horsemanship thing to do, and I'm get asking a horse, is to make the obvious answer very easy for that horse to find. And when he finds that obvious answer, he's rewarded by taking whatever pressure is applied to him away. And then we reevaluate that. How did that work out? Oh, that was great. He did good. So we work in what we want now, and when we take what we want, we figure out a way to communicate it in such a way that they can understand it. So just like going back to the girls, the next thing, of course, is getting them to school. Well, they're that darn young. I've got to take them, don't I? But when we get them there, we want to encourage everything that they do. So that's the same thing we do with our horses. When we get them there, we get them to that point of success, and we encourage that. So to me, you know, the horsemanship and the humanship, the horsemanship and the parentship, if you want to call it that, they really do go hand in hand. Okay, well, so we've gone through the process. I think we understand you've you've explained these questions several times. We've actually you've referred to them in past episodes, and that's why we thought it made sense to to kind of devote a right. little episode to it. I 
think you believe these are really important questions and I know they're going to come up again and again in future episodes. So can you recap for us what those questions are? Sure. Because, and you're right, Laura, I do. I think, and this is over years of me evaluating this. It really has. I've always tried to think of ways that would help my students and help my writers, help the people that attend our clinics and watch us at the horse expos. What can I do for them to help simplify the process of going through their horsemanship and, and making it easier for them and make it easier for their horses as well? And these four questions I found to be so simple. And so I obviously think they're extremely important. So just to recap again, I'm going to ask, what do I want? And I want that to be as specific as possible. So when I ask myself, you know, what do I want? I want that to be very specific. Do I want the horse to go forward? Do I want him to go forward to the left? Do I want him to go forward to the left at a trot? I want that question to be very, very specific. What do I want the horse to achieve? The second one again is, is it fair? Can the horse do whatever it is that I'm asking of him to do? And then the third puts a huge burden back on me again. It says, can I ask the horse in a way that it can understand? In other words, can I communicate what it is that I want in a way that the horse can understand what it is that I'm asking it to do? And then lastly is in how do we measure its progress? How did that measure up for what we what our expectations were? Did it achieve what it is that we wanted? Did the horse go forward? Did the horse go forward to the left? Did the horse go forward to the left at a trot? And if I'm satisfied with that, then that's an emphatic yes. It was successful. So then we just go to the next thing. So I, I got to reiterate that so t- it's to me it's so important to have those questions go through your mind and and I know sometimes I've seen the difficulty of people understanding that and rehearsing those questions in their mind when they're actually riding because it seems like things are happening quickly but just have confidence in the fact that the more you practice this the faster those questions come to you you don't give much thought to it in in the future and I like to use the analogy there it's almost like driving a car my goal for everyone when they're when they begin riding is to eventually get to the point where they're riding in the subconscious. They're not even thinking about those four questions. They're not even thinking about balancing themselves. They're not even thinking about the leg cues or the hand aids they might be communicating to the horses. They're just riding in the subconscious. They're just achieving it. And just like driving in a car, if you'll think back when we were young and we were just learning to drive, you know, we had our hands at 10 and 2 and we were concentrating on holding the steering wheel just right and pressing the gas at just the right moment, pressing the brake at just the right moment, using the indicator. We had to think about all those things. And yet today we can drive in the subconscious while we're doing everything else. You know, we can wave at our neighbor. We can change the radio station. We can carry on a conversation with our teenagers in this front seat with us. There's so many more things we can do, and we're not even thinking about driving, yet we're driving perfectly safely. So I want people to eventually achieve their horsemanship, and especially the riding aspect of it, to where they're just riding in the subconscious. So don't be too concerned if those four questions are not coming to you quite so easily. But if you practice those, and if you truly believe in them, and you believe in the process... It's a process that'll become very easy for you over time. So again, what do you want? And is what you want fair? How do you communicate it? And then lastly, how did it measure? And I can see how those questions and and learning that process and getting more comfortable with it really will give more focus to the time that folks spend with their horses. And they're going to be much happier with, they're going to feel like they're making some progress because it's it's conscious and thoughtful instead of just sort of random and, right. you know, whatever. And, so. you know, and horses are creatures of patterns. They love patterns. And when we go to ride them and we'll kind of stick to a, a routine and a pattern, 
it really makes them feel less anxious. Even if we're not necessarily communicating in a way that makes them feel less anxious, just that process alone of knowing what we want and kind of following a procedure to a certain degree. The familiarity. Exactly. It lets that horse feel that rhythm of, like you said, familiarity and routine. And it does relieve them of a certain amount of anxiety. It gives them that feeling like, oh, okay, I've got this figured out. I've seen this before. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yep. All right. Well, that's great. And I, like I, we've said, I know those questions, you're going to be referring to them a lot in the future as you have in the past. So uh, hopefully this will help folks understand what you're coming from and what you're referring to when you say, you know, run through the four questions. If listeners have questions about this or a comment about this, we'd love to hear them. I know you want to be able to respond to them. They can leave comments in the show notes going to the blog page at vanhargis.com. They can send questions directly or comments, suggestions, whatever, hopefully positive suggestions to you via email at info at vanhargis.com. And a third way to connect is through Facebook. Van Hargis Horsemanship is on Facebook. So just search for Van Hargis Horsemanship, find that page, like it, and you can submit questions through there or comment on the various things that we post. So there's lots of ways to connect. I will want to make a point of saying that if, and I know how much you appreciate this, and I know you'll talk about it, uh, the folks that listen, if listeners find this podcast helpful, we would really appreciate it if you'd go into iTunes and rate it and leave a review. That yeah. that helps keep the podcast visible so other folks can find it and hopefully join in that part of the conversation and participate as well. First of all, I just want the audience to know how much gratitude I have to them for, for taking the time to listen to us. You know, this is truly a passion of mine, Laura. I really love helping people with horses and I really love helping people in general. So this is a platform for me able to do that. And I just want to tell folks, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedules to listen to us and giving me an opportunity to practice my spiritual gift and give me an opportunity to practice my passion. And we hope that they do contact us. It's, uh, it's, it'd be good to hear back from folks. And I want folks to know, too, that until next time, remember, it's your trail, your journey, and your life. So ride every stride.